you fat slob. Let's see if you have any guts. <laughs> Pull up a chair to the Blood Feast, an audio buffet of cinematic mayhem and culinary carnage, featuring your host, The Cook. Ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Blood Feast podcast. This is going to be the continuation of the Smorgasbord part 1. So this will be Smorgasbord Part 2, wherein Mark and I continue off on our random tangents that have absolutely nothing to do with movies or food, really. It's actually going back a number of years to our high school days, and kind of how we met, and kind of how we got where we are now, I guess. Um, Sorry about the delay in getting this out. I've been busy with a lot of stuff, because school started, which means kids need to wake up before 10 a.m., it's been a real, real joy the past week. Uh, I like being growled at on a regular basis by non-furry creatures um, that aren't my dogs. So, without further ado, this is Smorgasbord Part 2 of the Blood Feast Podcast, which will soon be followed by Smorgasbord Part 3, because Mark and I are absolutely clueless in how to actually get into talking about a single movie at any given time so we had an episode planned at one point and then we just started talking and then 45 minutes later we realized shit we haven't gotten where we were supposed to be we're going to record an actual real uh podcast episode hopefully later this week we've got another one in the bank i just need to edit it and put it together there's more coming i'm going to update the website hopefully soon i get all these ideas about shit i want to write and then never actually write them because i'm a lazy bastard so, there you go. Enjoy it. Have fun. I'll uh, talk to you soon. Um, you'll talk to me. You can email me or us at bloodfeastpod at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter at bloodfeastpod. Or if you want to speak to Mark at Mark A. Morton. Um, internet. Bloodfeastpod.wordpress.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook somewhere. I don't know how you do that because I'm a lazy prick who doesn't actually ever figure anything out. I have a tendency to just wing things. Some people call it improvisation, but that would mean you have some aptitude for doing things, uh, which I don't. So, without further ado, Smorgasbord, part two. Enjoy. Uh, I remember we had to stand around a lot. They gave a speech, and we left. Oh, God, yeah. I remember being very stoned and very sweaty. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you were 91, right? 90. 90? Yeah. That was, yeah, I mean, 90. That was, uh, what the hell was his name? Brandon, oh, he was funny as hell. Um, really muscular black dude, Brandon. Uh, Brandon Waterman. Yeah, yeah, Brandon Waterman. Yeah. God, I don't even know how I remember that name. I don't, like, because I never really hung out with anybody in my graduating class. Like, I was hung out, there was always kids that were, like, a year or two ahead or a year or two behind. Yeah, I had, uh, well, I mean, I was a sophomore in 90. Uh, and I had like art classes with Brandon, like Brandon, Brandon Waterman was in my art classes. So that's the only reason I knew him. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I just... And I his gra- brother was a class of 91. Pat Waterman, I think his name was. I don't even. Like I said, and he was I like can... the, he was like the anti-Brandon as he was like really skinny and meek kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> God, I haven't. 
shit. Like, I can't remember the last time I physically saw anybody we graduated with, like, the, from, from O&J. It's been at least, like... Actually, and you know what? I saw somebody back at Blobfest. I lied. I saw Cerise Fortman at Blobfest. Yeah, she's always doing... Um, I think she's one of the people that's always doing um, karaoke night with uh, Trish. Yes. <laughs> yep. They're always like... I think they were doing that, like, the night at Blobfest when we went to the, the run-out. They were heading there afterwards. They were heading... addicted to karaoke. <laughs> and they're, they're like, oh, we gotta go do this. I'm like, that's cool. Because we won our goofy little fucking award for that movie. That's fun, you know, that's fun though. Like, I was... I forget who told me about that, like, six or seven years ago. What, Blobfest? Yeah. Like, I didn't know... know about it? I never knew about it. Like, I literally had never had a reason to go back there. Honestly, I think that single... That is, that is the single-handed reason... For Phoenixville, downtown Phoenixville's revitalization. Oh, I'm sure. You look around and like it's every it's radiated out from the theater, you know. And as I've seen it now that we've been going to Blomfest, because I started taking auto in 2010 or 11, and every year like it's as they get further away from the store, there's like newer shops and the older yeah. shops have been like repainted and fixed up and like I know the Colonial. They said they just bought the building next door. Did they really? So they're going to be they're going to be adding another screen or two. So I think it's a you bad. know what? what instead of adding screen, why don't you fucking like do up the theater you have and get decent sound in there? Well, yeah, they could definitely stand to fix that up because it's still you know the sound emanating from the stage. Oh yeah, like they don't have surround sound speak sound in that fucking theater. <laughs> it's just PA speaker suspended. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like, I'll, it, and it, I, it's the, I think the balcony's still off limits. No, so well, the, I don't oh, know. Do, I don't know if during. I've never been to a regular screening there during Blobfest. It's opened, oh. like because they have the whole theater. Like they'll have the uh, the balcony open. And they have like you can go up and see the projection booth and and everything. Because we always try to sit like Otto and I always try to sit in the Steve McQueen seats. <laughs> like those scenes we always try to sit up in the balcony there like we you know we'll get there like an hour ahead of the screening to make sure we get like a good seat um but it's yeah they could definitely stand to fix it up because it's like the you know the the what is it the uh wallpaper oh yeah it's yeah, kind yeah. of peeling and faded and they could definitely sink some money into that i i, I just gotta kick out of going there because like i said that's the movie theater that i went to when i was a little kid oh yeah I I think I went to middle school a couple of times. Like I saw ET there. I saw Return of the Jedi there. I saw oh, Psycho. Geez. I saw Psycho two there. <laughs> <laughs> Back when Phoenixville was a scary, scary place to be. Yeah, no shit. It's I remember going to the was it the pizza box? Was that the pizza place? Val's Pizza Box. Yeah, we used to go there. Like we go skate and we go to the pizza place. And it was like, you fucking ran the risk of getting knifed. <laughs> it was like for a slice of pizza. And I remember there was a strip club that on Sundays, like, the liquor license was only Monday through Saturday. So Sundays, <laughs> so Sundays they would, they opened up this fucking strip club to, like, punk rock and metal shows. Oh, I, it was something like, it was Diadario's or, you know, some, like, some Italian or D'Alessandro's or something. And it was a, it was a titty bar, literally. And, like, the, these bands, I remember seeing, like, Batman's Brother Ed and 2.5 Children and uh, all these other, maybe even Witchery, on uh, on, the, on the mirrored stage with the pole. And they had, like, the regular strip club bouncers working there, all wearing their Foot Locker shirts. 
Batman's brother Ed actually apparently they still exist in in the form of another band called Big Green Limousine. <laughs> Re- trying to hold on to that late '80s glory from yeah. the, all that Potsdam glory they had back in the day. Yeah, well, I, I remember going to shows with like you and Aaron and other people. Was it the Circuit? At the Circuit, yeah. yeah Was yeah, that yeah. that shitty hotel club at the end of <laughs> right High there, Street? Right there, right there, in the corner of uh, Anatonian High Street. Right oh across my the god! That motorcycle shop. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> It was so funny back then, the VFW Hall in Phoenixville. <laughs> that was back when, um, yeah, you couldn't go to it. The clubs did not book music like that at all. You had to go <laughs> go to the hotel bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then Pulsations and King of Prussia would have hardcore shows. I, I never went down there for that stuff. I... I went there a couple of times. I remember the Chromax. I went up to Red, I ended up going to Reading to, like, Unisound and shit. That was, I saw a couple of shows there, and then that place, you I know, don't where, where, That was basically where Biohazard lived before they got popular. They always made that one of their stops. Biohazard always played Unisound. <laughs> <laughs> I went there, up, like, up until, like, my senior year of high school, and then I moved down to Baltimore, and it was just like, then I would just go to D.C., because anybody stopping through Philly would end up invariably end up somewhere in, you know, between Baltimore and D.C., and so I never I stopped going there. And then Trenton City Gardens, too. I would occasionally, in high school, we would make the trip across the bridge to go to shows there. Because that was kind of like the big place that you could go to shows. That were, you know, all ages. Or at least, you know, 18 and over, 21 and over. But there was very lenient carding policy. Oh. I, didn't, I didn't start going to club shows until after I graduated. And even then... After I graduated, most of the shows I went to were in freaking Jersey. Oh, yeah. I would, because we would go to Trocadero, Theater Living Arts occasionally would have shows. Like, I remember seeing the cramps at TLA. It was such a, it was, because it was theater seating. So it was like, I sat down and watched the cramps and like, It's a regular concert hall now. They pulled the seats out. Oh, really? That's good. It was weird, because I mean, the cramps are a pretty fucking intense live band. And we were all sitting down. It was very polite. It was really, really kind of odd, but it was a good time. Yeah, that's how I, that's how I feel about. I don't know if you've ever heard of this place called the Sellersville Theater. Now, Sellersville Theater has concerts now and again, and um, I don't know if you're familiar with the guitar virtuoso Gary Hoey. I've heard the name. Um, he did a lot of Christmas out. He got famous for doing Christmas Christmas music on electric guitar. Oh, okay. Um, but he occasionally does show at the Sellersville Theater, and it's one of those all it's all seats. Like, I don't want to watch this dude jamming out on a guitar, sitting down like I'm at the opera. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, that's a little less visceral than I'd hoped for. You know, like, yeah, because, and that was, they never, like, it was kind of, I will give them the credit, like, the cramps never addressed the fact that everybody was sitting down that just played. <laughs> but it was, like, really bizarre. Because then I saw them at a, like, at a club in D.C., it was the old 930 Club, and it was fucking bananas. But TLA actually is the place for rock shows in Philly now because I think the truck is under new management and they don't book rock bands, rock or metal bands anymore. Really? Yeah. God, I saw so many good shows there when I was a kid. Yep, so did I. I saw oh, a fucking shit ton of concerts at the truck. The Dead Milkmen, like, I remember, like, an old roommate of mine was friends with the guys in Clutch, so we used to come up and see Clutch all the time. And then it was like... Well, you can't. I guess you can't live in Maryland and not like Clutch, right? Well, you can. 
I'm live, don't tell anybody, but I'm living proof. <laughs> like, they're okay, but it's like, well, you guys, you know, have a... You're basically fucking playing stoner metal Dr. Seuss rhymes. Like, all of his lyrics, literally, if you took them out of the context of that music, you're like, this is... He's, he's writing, like, children's books. You know, I don't know if it's a testament to how big they eventually got or how how far the mighty had fallen, but I actually saw Clutch open for Iron Maiden once. Oh, wow. That was the weirdest freaking pairing. I can't. That's Clutch open for Slayer at one point. <laughs> and I was like, you're taking one of the like slowest, grooviest bands on the planet and then pairing them up with one of the fastest. <laughs> That was pretty, yeah, the, the Slayer fans were just like, eh, whatever. Like, That's, I saw Sick of It All open for Slayer once. Oh, that would be good. I could see that, though. I mean, at least Sick of It All is kind of tough, at least. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fucking... But no, the problem with anybody opening for Slayer is everybody's there to see Slayer. Nobody gives a shit about it's seeing like, it. It's it's when you get to that level of notoriety nobody cares about the opening acts like i don't remember anybody who i've seen open for megadeth i can't remember anybody i've ever seen open for megadeth yeah (laughs) that's true well then with megadeth they probably just pair him up with some like second string metal band anyway well slayer slayer made a point and it's actually well documented that slayer refused to take anyone out who could feasibly upstage them well, yeah. I mean, then that I can that makes sense. Like you don't want to out. You don't want your opener to outdraw you. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I saw. Do you ever have you ever heard Unsane? God, not since what like nineteen ninety two. They played. They played like that was pretty much right around their origins. Yeah. They opened with they opened for Slayer in like nineteen ninety eight ninety nine, and it was. There might have been. I saw them at the Baltimore Civic Center, which is like First Mariner Arena now. I think it was there. And there were literally might have been a hundred people in this in a hockey rink to see Unsane. Like nobody showed up to see them. And then when you know half an hour before Slayer set, the place just like filled up. Yeah. I was like, that's a shame. Because Unsane, I I think they're a great band. They're like cool shit. And they actually kind of fit, you know, sonically speaking, they fit sort of well better than fucking clutch did you know clutch is like uh, they're like fucking heavy metal fish i'm just like slow like groovy noodly i i never got into them i never understood the charm of them i remember when they started showing their videos on headbangers ball and like why are they showing this and of course they were showing Soundgarden on headbangers ball at the same time so <laughs> <laughs> well that was back when they still sounded like led zeppelin you know, I, I, Soundgarden, I never, never really saw the appeal other than a couple of songs. Yeah, but I don't, I would, I never considered them a metal band. Ever. Yeah. Never were, to me, they were just like an arena rock. Like, yeah, they were trying to, yeah, they were trying to bring back that whole AOR sound. Yeah. From the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Like they were, and they were, it's, that whole like grunge thing that just annoyed the shit out of me. I was like, that was when I was just like, I checked out. I'm like, I'm just gonna go listen to Black Flag for the next ten years. You know what's interesting about the grunge movement though is I don't remember it actually catching on at O and J. Really? Like I didn't see people because I mean, well, if you already wore flannels by that point, you were already wearing flannels. It did had nothing to do with the grunge movement. 
Like, I didn't see a whole bunch of converts start wearing flannel and ripped jeans and shit because that's yeah. how people dressed anyway. And nobody, like, that school, like, the majority of the people there were into really straightforward, whatever popular culture told you was popular is what you liked. So they were probably still listening to Janet Jackson and DeBarge. That, and I think that's one of the reasons why I never fell into any cliques. I never fell into any groups at all. I was I yeah. saw myself as an outsider because I was in the middle. No, no, that that whole like <laughs> you could count all the punk and metal kids on like one hand. <laughs> you know, and that's like okay, it's like this is why like the five of us are friends, and this is why we are our only friends because <laughs> everybody else is listening to like I don't even I can't remember what was fucking popular when we were. In, Back then, because I didn't give a shit about any of that crap on the radio. I mean, that's why I thought it was funny that, you know, some guy like Aaron Smith, like, wait, you listen to Iron Maiden and DRI? What? <laughs> oh, yeah. They're like, <laughs> you, I, you don't look it at all. <laughs> well, it's, I remember the first time I met you, like, I was like, you were the first kid, like, first other kid I saw that had, like, a real metal t-shirt. <laughs> like, there were a couple of kids, like, like, I think Ted Beaver had a Judas Priest shirt. <laughs> and I was like, I think he had the, it was like, I forget. I think it might have been tur- like a turbo shirt. And then you had a Cannibal Corpse shirt. And I was like, holy shit. Like, this kid's into some fucking, like, into the, some serious shit. Yeah, Mr. Warder used to make fun of me for it all the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I remember, like, yeah, like, falling in with the punk kids. But the punk kids all liked, like, Depeche Mode and the Smiths. And I was like... Okay, I think I'm, like, the only person in this entire county that likes the Dead Kennedys and, like, Minor Threat. Like, just, it was all, everybody else was into, like, Mope Rock that was in that kind of, like, sort of, like, weird outcast. It was, like, more gothy type like Yeah, type I kids. remember the only kids I really used to trade tapes with in that in that realm were uh, Ryan Merrick and Jason Seal. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I, shit, I remember. I used to skate with Ryan. And, yeah, like, they were, I mean, they were into some of it, but they liked more, like, the, like, Bauhaus and stuff like that. And I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. But I know, I know like, uh, yeah, and I remember when Jason Seal was transitioning into that because he gave me all his Suicidal Tendencies tapes. I'm like, fine, I'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I remember being blown away by that stuff. And, like, my thing, my, like, I would go to Record Town in Exton Mall, and just, if it, like, I didn't even know what the band, like, I didn't even know any of the band's names or anything. I just would go to, like, because they had a, I think it was the New Wave section. Like, because <laughs> they didn't, I don't think they knew what else to call it. And I would just be like, that's how I got into the cramps. I'm like, oh, there's, like, a sexy woman on the cover of this record that's called Can Your Pussy Do the Dog? I don't care what it sounds like. It just looks awesome. And then it was, just like, this fucking crazy, like, Ursatz rockabilly. And it was, like, totally... Everything that I wanted in music, it was antisocial, weird, and sexual. And uh, I, you know, I ended up getting into that, and, like the Dead Kennedys. I'm like, well, that's sure to offend my mom. I'll take it. <laughs> I, I never, you know, I don't know if it was willing or whatever. I just never found my way into the the punk rock sounds or style at all. Like as close as I, I would, the only as close as I would get to it would be the crossover stuff. No, oh, yeah, like the like DRI and shit like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what like got me into thrash was like seeing like punk rock shows. A lot of times there wouldn't be enough 
punk rock bands in our area to like have a show. I mean, you know, even today, the only I call it even punkish band I like is the Meat Men, and they're even basically a metal band now. Oh god, well they're <laughs> they're fucking ridiculous. Well, yeah, they're. I mean, you they're listen... amazing live though. <laughs> oh yeah, well, they're a, he's a tight fucking band. And if you, I mean, you look at it. If you listen to the music, it's there's like the double, like the dueling guitar. It sounds like Iron Maiden. Yeah, you know. But they have the most ridiculous lyrics. <laughs> oh, they're great. I mean, that was yeah, it was exactly. It was like this is, it's like fucking listening to like, it's if Porky's were music, this is what it would be. <laughs> and it's like the sonic equivalent of Porky's in three minute segments. And I, you know. Yeah, I like that. And I like that's I like that juvenile shit. And then I like the stuff that was more. So I always like punk rock more, just because it's what I got into first. And then I kind of like got into like a little bit of metal because of that. Like I ended up like I mean it was to me like it was easy to go from suicidal tendencies to Metallica. Like the you know the first three Metallica records. Like well, this sounds well. That makes sense because yeah, it was raw. It, sound... it was dirty. It was loud. It was yeah. obnoxious. Yeah, it was really overdriven guitars and shitloads of leads. I mean that was the thing. Most punk rock didn't have leads in it. Like, there were no, there weren't solos, you know, or not traditional solos. And there definitely wasn't leads. It was almost all rhythm. And so then I got into, like, Metallica and then reading, like, that was it. I think the magazine was Power Metal. It was, like, the local newsstand had, like, that and Kerrang. And Kerrang was still, like, hair metal y kind of shit. Yeah. And I remember reading about, like, reading about Death. And I was like, Death looked, I was like, fuck, that's like the Sonic. It sounds like a horror movie. In songs, why wouldn't I love that? I remember the I, I I distinctly remember the first time I listened to Death. It was on some comp that came out in like 1989, and um, open was open casket. It was either open casket or pull the plug was on it. And when I heard that, I that was the first time I heard music that I honestly felt like I shouldn't be listening to this. <laughs> like, there's something seriously wrong with this kind of music that. It's <laughs> there's just there's just something otherworldly about this kind of music, and then and that's ended up what drawn draw, end up drawing me into it. <laughs> oh yeah, that's like if this, if there's if at this point in like the early or late eighties, if there's a thing such as a watch list, this is gonna put me on it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like I I like the idea like listening to it, and then you read the lyrics, you're like, well, yeah, this is right up my antisocial alley. <laughs> Like, this is exactly, like, how I feel about it. A lot of people at O&J that I dislike immensely. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I, I I didn't dislike a lot of people. I just didn't like a lot of people. Oh, I actively disliked <laughs> a lot of people. I got so much shit for the way, like, just, you know, expressing, you know, outwardly expressing my inner feelings. through you my... that leather jacket? Nah, dude, I fucked. I don't even know <laughs> what happened to that thing. I'm sure that, like... Sure, that ended up left at a bar, or you know. How did Warda treat you? He loved me, because it's like I actually enjoyed learning German. You know, that was the weird thing. As I always like was had this weird image, but I liked I liked going to. I mean, I liked going to the education part of school. You know, I didn't enjoy the social aspect about it one bit. Oh no, no, it was, it was terrible socially. But fucking, I loved I. German, I still, if I hear it, I can kind of parse out what's going on in a conversation. But, to tr- and reading it a little bit, to try to speak it, I'm at a complete loss. It's been so long. 
The funny thing, I, I, for some odd reason, I, I took the German like a fly to shit. I don't know oh, what yeah. it is, because I don't really have much German ancestry, but I was just absorbed with learning that freaking language to the point where it actually felt like more absorption than actually studying, uh, in which, and it always boggled Ward's mind, but to the point where he would end up giving me, like, oral quizzes. But I learned it so well, I never studied it. Oh, yeah. That was... <laughs> it, it, seemed, it felt like it was easier to learn than English. Well, know? and that's something I told him years later, actually, when when I was going to school and, like, taking English classes and stuff like that. In high school, I learned more about the English language in German class than I did in English class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it made more sense because it's systematized. It's not like English where there's like 85 fucking rules that you can break every third word. It's just every, it's, here's the rule. You follow it. That's how it is. There's no, a couple... but I mean like to the, uh, the yeah, exactly. It's so, the German language is so structured that when going back to English, it's, um, you mean what, or you, you choose words to say what you mean more. Oh Yeah. It's, like the, it's it's less ambivalent rhetoric. The words are yeah. It's definitely less. It's less easier to or it's less easier. It's less difficult or more difficult to misconstrue German than it is English. Like there's less context. It's a right. lot more direct. And I like because I remember when we were. I think I because I started they they had that you could start in eighth grade taking a language. Yeah, so, uh, see, I and I never realized it until I got into college, but I had a reading comprehension problem. Oh. Like, I could spell, like, nobody's, to this day, I, I, I'm an incredible speller. But if you give me a paragraph to read, I couldn't tell you what the fuck it was about. I, oh, actually, yeah. had to get, I actually had to get a tutor in college to teach me reading comprehension. Oh, okay. I made it all the way through high school just on my ability to break down a sentence. Yeah. Oh yeah. I couldn't I couldn't do it with paragraphs. Oh man. That's fucking labor intensive. <laughs> well, I like we had the so I started like they only had up the German four. Because then they added like Spanish five and French five. Right. Because there were so many students that were taking Spanish and French. And Mr. Wardo was like it was me and this girl Lynn Huzzard were both like we're pretty adept students and he's like, If you guys want more in your senior year you have a lot of study halls and we both had to study all the same period. And he's like, I've got a German four class. And we got the principal, I forget who the fuck it was at that point, was like, basically gave us a pass, like just a year long pass to show up at his German four class. And he just parked us in the back of the room and gave us like a bunch of like Bertolt Brecht plays and Goethe poems and was like, translate away. Right. Just read it and like, you know, not, you know, just kind of read it and see if you understand it, write down stuff about it and. If you need help with things, I'll help you. He's like, it doesn't take much out of my day. The German four students are kind of on their way. And I was like, that was awesome. Like, I liked, that was the thing I appreciate about O&J is there were, I mean, most of the teachers were there were just doing their jobs and they were, for the most part, mostly competent. But there were a couple that were actually really good about, it's like, okay, you show an aptitude for this and I care about it. Like, I really give a damn about what I'm teaching. Let's give you more to do. Yeah. Like him and Mr. Wall and... I can't think. There's a couple other teachers. That, like, well, I can't. My, my grades weren't high enough for me. To, I never took honors classes, so. Yeah. 
Well, fuck. I mean, I also got to a point too because I, I I'm one of those broken home kids. Oh yeah. I just said fuck it. I don't care anymore. So <laughs> I, I skated by on half paying attention. <laughs> Dude, it's for most of those classes you could anyway. I mean, you were probably putting the fucking appropriate amount of effort considering what they were, you know, the way some of those teachers were teaching. I had, I fucking got papers back that, like, they knocked off substantial points because I wrote over the margin. Yeah. I'm like, really? Yeah, that, yeah, and there, there were a lot of teachers that paid attention to the wrong shit. Oh, yeah, and fuck the thing, yeah. the thing that always drove me nuts, and I think this is something that still exists today in schools, is the whole once-and-done mentality, where you do a paper... You get whatever grade on it you get, but you're not taught the opportunity to not fix what you did wrong, but even understand what you did wrong. Oh, yeah. You just know you did it wrong, but you don't know why. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, we never got feedback about that shit. It was just like, well, you got to see, so you got to see. Do better next time. All right. Sure. Thanks for the help. And it's, yeah, I'm... I don't miss... <laughs> well, I better not miss fucking high school. It's been 25 years. <laughs> that's where that's just boggles my well, mind, if too. if you've ever had Miss Shapley, there's a lot... Ugh. Oh, that one right there. She was this... Stupid. I had her going... Check, check this shit out. I had her going in, and I had her coming out. I had oh, her in ninth grade Christ. and 12th grade. Ugh. <laughs> I wanted to murder that woman. She... Oh, she... I, Notebook paper. This note, the spiral bound notebook paper. This, yeah. if the, these things, she would fucking shit her. You know, she would shit herself over the little ends hanging off the paper. I'm like, it's on paper. That's all. It's written. You can read it. That's all you need to know. Yeah. You know, I I am not doing a professional presentation to try to get a job. I am fucking answering ninth grade English questions. Go to hell. <laughs> like that to this day shit like that drives me crazy I'm like if you can if you can read it and what I've written makes sense we're done she stole my copy of Power Slave too <laughs> <laughs> she had to have it for herself well it had Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner on it I guess so <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> that's fucking hilarious she's a horrible horrible woman yeah I, and you know she I went to uh, Mr. Wardis funeral and when she showed up, I left. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> I would have pushed her in under the casket. I just, oh, I hate that woman. That was fucking sad, though, Ward. Is, like, because there was a lot more students there than I thought would be there. He was a good guy. He was a genuinely decent person. I mean, he was a great teacher, but he was a, a really nice guy. You know, he was somebody that actually gave a damn about, you know, students learning. Yeah. And he was always, I mean, he ran the, like, I got to know him relatively well because being on the academic team, uh, I think I drove him nuts because I was such a dumb dickhead sometimes. And, uh, but he was always, he humored it because it's like, you know, it's like, okay, well, you're a student that gives a damn, so I'm going to give a damn about you. And if you're not a student that's going to give a damn, then I'm going to try to make you give a damn. He never, like, he very rarely ever gave up on... He ne- he that's, uh, Yeah, that's he never dismissed anyone. You know? Yeah, that's what I liked about him. I did get sent to the office once for speaking English in class. And it wasn't even me, it was somebody else. 
<laughs> and I got blamed for it. And he's like, we're only speaking German today. And he blamed me and took points off for me because he thought he had his back turned. He thought it was me. So I just kept arguing with him in English. And so he kept basically knocking off points until I got a zero on the next test. Oh, and then sent me to the office. And I was like, God damn it. Like, I'm not going to get busted for something I didn't do. That, you know, that just irritated me. I'm like, this is about justice. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, it's about you going to the office. I was like, fuck. So, I remember when the, he, he was... He was... Uh, he was so hard up for playing those uh, the the language tapes where you listen to it and write down what you hear. Oh yeah, I got the class early and put a man of war tape in the tape. <laughs> <laughs> that so probably... he does this whole introduction and says, "Okay, so now you know here here's what you're gonna listen to and write down." And all you hear is fucking Eric Adams scream. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he was pissed, and he knew exa- He knew immediately who did it. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you put the target on yourself with that. <laughs> It's like, let's see, who would this be? Hmm. Oh God, that's fucking hilarious. Oh, shit, I gotta, I gotta wrap it up because I gotta go pick up my kid from school. And we never talked about anything. You know what? I'm gonna post this anyway because fuck it. It was a good, fun, right, wide-ranging conversation about stuff. <laughs> I'll like, uh, I'll take a listen to it, make it sure it all sounds okay. But I think, shit, I think we've got good rapport. Yeah, and um, yeah. Well, next time we'll actually talk about a specific movie and stuff. And um, well, shit. Like, I don't know. Fuck. If you're, are you free again tomorrow afternoon? Sure. All right. We can do it again tomorrow afternoon, and we'll just uh, you want just you want to go with Ravenous or Motel Hell? Either one doesn't matter with me. I mean, I've got notes on both of them, and and I think we were we've already talked about Ravenous. So I mean, I guess we can do it again if you want to. Yeah, it's because it's like. I'm more. It's more. I mean, it is. It is the picture of your podcast. Well, yeah. You know, we might as well talk about the poster boy. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll go with Ravenous since it's it's actually fresher in my brain than Motel Hell. Although Motel's not exactly layered with subtext. <laughs> no, but you know the thing I like about the thing I do like about Motel Hell, not like I mean, not like as much as appreciate, is that it. Even though it's an an ultra violent movie, it. It does it so matter-of-factly, like, there's no... It's not malicious. Oh, no, it's... It's it's, it's, it's very, like, like, this is how these people live, this is how they make their living, and you have to deal with it. It's almost good-natured <laughs> when you, like, when you look at it. Like, none of the characters are, like... I mean, they're not good people, but they're No, not... but, like, up, up until the point where Ball Bricker tries to drown the blonde girl... Um, there's no, there's nothing really harsh or malicious about it. In fact, she's even a likable fucking character. Yeah, you can't fault her for her <laughs> behavior. Frankly, yeah, it's not a, it's violent but not brutal. Exactly, it's like kind of fun. It's fun violence. <laughs> <laughs> well, well cool. who said that? Uh, what Exodus said that? Good, friendly, violent fun. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'll be the outro music for tomorrow. <laughs> Well, cool, man. But no, uh, do, do if you get a chance, look up the uh, God the Throne song, Ravenous, because like I said, it is it is inspired by that movie. All right, cool. That'll be maybe the fucking outro music for a Ravenous episode. Cool. All right, man. Well, I will sign off for today, and then we will uh, say maybe like 1 o'clock tomorrow, same time, same channel. Sure. All right, dude. Take it easy. See ya. Peace.